1: Alive to you and dead to me Oh what can be done for an old heart like mine Soften it up
0: with all your... Did you know Jesus loves you No. no. do you know in the innermost part of your heart that Jesus loves you no I mean on the on the innermost part of your soul is there a quiet knowing that Jesus loves you and God and the Father poured out all of heaven for you. He has given every gift of heaven for your salvation. He has withheld nothing from you. Did you know? Deep in the innermost part of your heart, You are passionately loved by Jesus. It's in that love that I come to you to speak with you today about whether you love him and what you want with him. Has all of your heart been poured out for Jesus? Have you held anything back? Love must be a two-way street. It must be the pouring out of one heart to another heart that pours out everything. A coming together as one. A knowing of each other. If there's dissension if there's judgment, accusation, attacks, the love will be marred. If there is a turning aside from, if there is a withholding, the love will be marred. The Father has poured out the richest gift of heaven in His Son Jesus. He has shown His love to us. He has been utterly poured out for you. How are you responding to that love? Are you pouring your heart out for Him? In 1 Corinthians, the sixth chapter, I'll begin with verse 15. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ Himself? Shall I then take the members of Christ? and unite them with a prostitute? Never! Do you not know that he who unites himself with a prostitute is one with her in body? For it is said, the two will become one flesh. But he who unites himself with the Lord is one with him in the Spirit. Now, the apostle paul is using shall i then take the members of christ and unite them with a the prostitute we could substitute some other things shall i then take the member the members of christ my body and unite them with ambition selfishness shall i unite my body with the things that i desire that are wicked Never, Paul says, never. Do you not know that he who unites himself with a prostitute is one with her in body? For it is said, the two will become one flesh. Have you united yourself with something or someone other than Jesus Christ? If so, the love of God poured out from heaven will be marred for you. It will be of none effect. Paul goes on specifically saying, flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a man commits are outside his body, but he who sins sexually sins against his own body. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. 1 Corinthians, the sixth chapter. You are not your own. You were bought by the poured out love, the shedding of blood. You were bought by Jesus Christ. You're listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenlee from the National Prayer Chapel. Thank you for joining me today. Please pray now. Open your mind, open your heart. I'm going to share with you the intense love of God for you yea, even the jealousy of God for you, the longing he has in his heart for you, because he has a purpose for you. He has a plan for your life. And he has a plan for your future. Let's pray. Almighty Father, our Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus and I ask that your will would be done right now in the heart of every person who is tuned into this broadcast. Lord, I ask that your will would be accomplished during this time we're together. Lord, I plead that we could understand, that we could sense, that we could know your imp- incredible love for us I pray Lord that as we talk about your purpose for us and and your desire for us that Lord the heart of each person would be warmed and that anything that stands between their heart and your heart would be laid down that they would ground the weapons of their heart and receive you now Jesus Jesus and open wide the door for you to come in. Lord, thank you for your majesty, your mercy, your grace, and your great love. Lord, thank you. I pray in your holy name. Amen. Again, you're listening to Pastor Ray Greenley. I'm from the National Prayer Chapel. I want to speak to you very specifically about the love of Jesus Christ for you, but it's not going to be sentimental love. It's not going to be vapid, empty love. It's not going to be love that does not require a mutual giving. Even as he has poured out his heart for you, he now asks you to pour out your heart for him. Jesus, in the book of John, is preparing to leave his disciples. They've been with him for three and a half years. He has shared his bread with them. They have slept on the ground together. They have walked in the heat. They have put up with all manner of insult and injury from the Jewish people and yea even from some of the Samaritan people Jesus has preached to crowds of many thousands he has fed them with the bread of heaven and he has fed them with a manna from heaven he has raised the dead and through all of that his precious disciples have walked with him they've walked and listened and been taught And now he comes down to the time when he's preparing to leave. Now, why am I placing such emphasis on that? Because it is the most direct and precious word that he will speak to his disciples. He's very concerned for them, he's very concerned that they will be caught by the devil and destroyed that their hearts will grow cold and empty, that they will become lukewarm, that they will forget what they're about and their mission. I tell you now, they never forgot. And the disciples, without one missing, were all martyred for Jesus Christ. They died for the faith of Jesus Christ. They died for his love and in his love. But let's go to John 15. So much of what we talk about is so empty and meaningless today in the church. We're not called to be entertained. We're not called to have a wonderful social life. We're not called to stand around and talk about sports. We're not called to walk in the world and bring the world into the body of Christ. That's not our calling. Our calling is to enter into the love of Jesus Christ, to be transformed by that love and by that shed blood, to be changed into his image, to become like him. I was listening to an interview with Jackie Pullinger from... From the Ministry of Hong Kong. She was asked about her ministry. She answered in a way that was quite shocking. She said, I don't have a ministry, I have a life. I don't have a ministry, I have a life. She said, when I go from the presence of the Lord who has poured into me I go and then pour out to them to the poor to the drug addicts to those who are homeless I reach out and that's my life to tell people about Jesus and to demonstrate his love in their life that's my life I don't have a ministry, I have a life. I have to tell you, I don't have a ministry either. This radio broadcast is simply my pouring out to you my inner life in Jesus. When I'm not on the radio, I'm either in his presence, reading the scripture, praying, or I'm pouring out the life he's placed in me for others, talking with them about Jesus, demonstrating that love by giving all that I have to care for them. It's a life. It's not a ministry. It's not something I do in my spare time. It's not something I do when I have an opportunity. Whether I'm at the grocery store or whether I'm at the dry cleaners, wherever I am, I'm pouring out my heart and my life for those people. This is what Jesus is talking about in John the 15th chapter. He begins, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful those are terrifying words because if we take them at face value if we take the english language at face value what is jesus saying he's saying he is the source of life He's saying he is the source of life and the father is going to come and if you're not bearing the fruit of the gospel you will be cut off. Now you're cut off you will be pruned. What does pruning mean? Let me be very frank with you. Jesus is interested in He laid his life down for this. So it's more than interest. He is passionately concerned that what goes on in your life is totally centered around him. He's desperately concerned that, that you have your eyes on him and your heart filled with his presence. So what does it mean to prune? Well, If you've ever seen a a vineyard that's been pruned, you have the vine, and then you have the knot at the top, and almost everything is cut away. Almost everything is cut away. So that the vine that grows has branches. And those branches put forth foliage and then they bear fruit they produce grapes they're pruned so that all of their energy doesn't go into building foliage the vineyard owner wants grapes not foliage so what does that mean practically for you and me? He wants us to produce something. And if we have all foliage, all show and no go, if we have all of our entertainments, we have all of our side interests, if we have all of our energy in our ambitions and our dreams. All of those things are going to have to be cut off from us. That's what the Father does when he comes and prunes. He cuts off all of those interests. Well, Pastor, are you telling me that my only interest is to be Jesus? Yes, that's what I'm telling you. That Jesus becomes the consuming fire of our lives. Remember, he said the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed the smallest of all seeds, but it grows and becomes a big bush, a tree, and the birds of the air come and rest in it. Okay, so Jesus is saying, look, I poured out everything for you. I left heaven. I poured out my life for you. I died for you. And now he comes and says, okay, will you pour out everything for me? will you recognize that your only task is to produce fruit for the kingdom of God? Well, what is that fruit? Let's look at it. If we look at the fruit, it comes in two ways or two kinds. The fruit is, first of all, the fruit born in us by the holy spirit i want to read the description of that fruit born in us by the holy spirit now please i'm i'm a background with a farming a farmer we had a big apple tree on our on our farm slackwater bridge road in western Pennsylvania we had a big beautiful apple tree I've spent many happy hours in that tree as a a young boy I fell out of it one time even almost died I knew that apple tree very well and never once did I ever hear that apple tree forcing apples to grow I saw the the buds on the tree in the spring. I saw the beautiful pink flowers and the sweet aroma. And then as the summer went by, I saw the apples form. I saw a tree produce fruit. It's similar with grapes, the blossoms, the fruit two kinds of fruit galatians the fifth chapter we know this as the fruit of the spirit begin with verse 22 but the fruit of the spirit is love agape love that is compassion toward those in need Love that reaches out and heals and restores. Joy. It's a byproduct. It comes from the Spirit. Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such there is no law. For those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. So the one kind of fruit that we're called to bear is this development of character. Notice it does not say the fruits of the Spirit. This is one fruit with many facets. It is what Jesus does in us when he sanctifies us. He changes us. He makes us new so that we now live by the Spirit and we keep in step with the Spirit. We no longer provoke and envy each other. We no longer speak harshly to one another. There is a sweet aroma from our lives. Could I put it this way? This is the blossom of the apple tree. This is the sweet-smelling fragrance of the apple tree in full blossom with the beautiful pink flowers this is what happens in a person this is not a a process where okay now i'm going to work on love and now i'm going to work on joy and now i'm going to work on peace and patience no this is the transformed life given to us when we allow jesus to crucify our sinful nature when we allow him to come and do his work in our hearts When we experience his love, when we see him on Calvary, when we repent of our sin, when we die to ourself and we're born again, we no longer walk in the sinful uh, nature, we no longer walk in the passions and desires of wickedness. Some of you today have worked hard and long on trying to develop patience. You've sought joy in every possible manner, but it still escapes you. You've tried to be kind. You've tried to be good, but you know you're not. It's because you have not yet crucified the sinful nature and allowed Jesus to come and prune you. As Jesus comes to us, the first thing he begins to do after the crucifixion is he produces in us by the way of the Spirit these wonderful love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. We're a new person in Christ. This is fruit of the Spirit. This is one fruit of the Spirit a man spoke with me who was not a Christian. He said, I have no joy in my life. Pastor Ray, where do I find joy? Well, joy is a byproduct. You can't go by joy. It is a byproduct of a crucified life. <laughs> it's a byproduct of, of absolutely knowing the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a byproduct of of resting in him. Some months ago, the Lord spoke to me. He said, rest in me, Ray. He could have said, remain in me, Ray. He could have said, abide in me, Ray. But rest in me is what it all means. Resting in Jesus. When I get restive, when I'm tired of resting and I want to go do something, I lose my joy, I lose my peace, I lose my patience, I lose my kindness. Those are gifts of the spirit. That is the gift of the spirit. It is the fruit of the spirit. It is the blossom on the apple tree. Let me read another portion. However, so I say, this is Galatians five verse sixteen. Live by the spirit In other words, fornication, adultery, impurity, pornography, and every kind of sexual impurity, videos, television, debauchery, where you just lose yourself in the party. You lose yourself in entertainment. You just veg out. Debauchery. Idolatry. The worship of other things. Where I give my life over to those things. Witchcraft. That would include the Ouija board. It would include Harry Potter. It would include... The astrologers, hatred. Where bitterness rises up in my heart, and I and I hate someone or I hate something. There's a rage in me about it, hatred, discord, arguments, hardness of heart, jealousy envy fits of rage selfish ambition dissensions factions drunkenness orgies and the like I warn you as I did before that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God so we have the fruit of the Spirit, but now he's telling us in the negative form, the acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Other scriptures give different descriptions of of these sins like homosexuality and other unclean practices. So on one side, we have the fruit of the Holy Spirit. On the other side, we have the fruit of being fishers of men. Jesus called his disciples to be fishers of men. That is how they bear much fruit. They bear the fruit of the Holy Spirit, and then they bear fruit for the salvation of others ministering to others I said earlier my ministry is my life my life is is my ministry I pour out my life for you on this radio program I pour out my life talking with men and women I pour out my life helping in very practical ways people who are in a desperate place I spend time, energy, and money pouring myself out for others that they might know Jesus and might be filled with his presence and might leave this wicked, ugly world and stop being enamored by it to recognize that we are enemies in this land. We have a different home. There are There are desperate situations where the enemy is coming against every person. Divorce, broken health, financial ruin, homelessness. All of these things are happening all around us. And Jesus wants men and women who are willing to sacrifice themselves to pour out their lives for these precious people. Now we come back to John 15. He says, I am the vine, the true vine. My father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. He's speaking to men and women who have said, I want to follow Jesus. Jesus. But their life does not reflect the fruit of the Spirit because they are filled with their own wickedness, with their own agendas. That's why I said, the Father comes and he prunes from our life everything of darkness. And if you will not let him prune that, he will finally say, let's cut that one off. Listen to what happens. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. In other words, you're already pruned. Remain in me or abide in me or rest in me and I will remain, abide, rest in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. That calls for us to literally rest, abide, remain in Jesus. In Jesus. As we are in Jesus, not in our own work, not in our own objectives or goals, not in our own desires, not in our own wickedness, but purged, cleansed, made new in the light of the gospel of Jesus. He says, I am the vine. This is verse 5. John 15, verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. He's trying to be very clear with us that if you separate yourself by your worldly desires, by your casualness, by the coldness of your heart, if you turn aside from Jesus and do not remain in him, you will not bear any fruit for the kingdom of God. You will not win anyone to Jesus. I wonder today, have you won anyone to Jesus? I spoke to a group of men, and I said to them, in the last year, have any of you won anyone to Jesus? They looked at each other like, what are you talking about, Pastor? No. No, I haven't. In the last five years, have you won anybody to Jesus? Well, no, it's not my job. What do you mean it's not your job? Are you called as a disciple of Jesus? Oh, yes. So you're called as a disciple of Jesus, but you bear no fruit. You you don't sacrifice your life to save another soul and bring them to Jesus. I am the vine you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. If you're not, allowing God to prune your life, to cut off everything of the world, the flesh, and the devil. If you're not pouring your life out for others as Jesus poured his life out for you, your future is not very bright. The branches that bear no fruit will be thrown into the fire and burned. Now there is the fruit of the Spirit, and then there is the fruit of producing disciples for Jesus. Both are absolutely necessary. If you remain in me, verse 7, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. So there's no excuse. Whatever we need to do the work of God that he's called us to, he'll give to us. He'll supply us. But it is all dependent upon your waiting upon the Lord. Verse 8, This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. You don't show yourself to be a disciple of Jesus by attending church. That's not the way you show yourself to be a disciple. You show yourself to be a disciple of Jesus by bearing the fruit of the Spirit that he will do in you as he prunes you. And then you show yourself to be a disciple by winning men and women, boys and girls, to serve and follow Jesus. Verse 9, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. That's how I opened this broadcast. God loves you. He's asking you to give up your life, to focus, to let him accomplish the pruning work in your heart. I can't tell you what that pruning needs to be for you. It is the Father who knows how your life needs to be pruned, but you know if you have said no to him, and when he's asked you to give up something, if you have said no, I will not give that up. He knows that if he's asked you to give up an unholy relationship, and you have refused to do it, you have refused his pruning he knows that if he has asked you to stop eating sugar now i'm not going to tell you to stop eating sugar we all know it's not good for us but it's very pleasurable but if jesus asks you to give up syrup sugar and there's a conviction in your heart i could name many 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 different kinds of things everything that is of the world the flesh and the devil the holy spirit wants to come and he wants to prune you by the power of the father coming and cutting off those things in your life he wants you pure he wants you clean he loves you then he says again now remain in my love what would keep you from remaining in the love of jesus christ following your own life your own agenda Day after day, you arise from your bed. You clean up. You have something to eat. And you go out and live your life. Is that life an honor and a glory to Jesus Christ? Or is that life your pleasure? Very quickly, your life will be finished on this earth. The time will go so quickly... And then you face the judgment of God. He says, now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my father's commands and remain in his love. In other words, you don't follow the commands of the devil to be self-indulgent, selfish, angry, bitter. You don't follow the commandments of God the commandments of Jesus by indulging in every unclean thing living a life of leisure separated from the power of God he says if you obey my commands you will remain in my love just as I have obeyed my father's commands and remain in his love I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Remember, I said to you, joy is a byproduct. It is a byproduct of following the commands of Jesus and allowing the Father to prune your heart and your life. He wants you to spend time with Him, He wants you to meditate on the things of Scripture. He wants you to walk before him upright, not giving way to wickedness. My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Oh, now, one of the key parts of the fruit of the Spirit. Remember, it was love. Now Jesus is being very specific about what that love looks like. That love looks like compassion poured out to help another in the journey to heaven. It is not the sentimental. It is the purposeful action on my part to care for another person. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. That's how Jesus has loved you and me. I said to you, Jesus loves you. What do I mean? Jesus has been moved by compassion with your situation. The pain and anguish of your heart, Jesus has been moved with compassion for you. And he poured out his life for you. And he's inviting you now to enter into him and to remain in him and to live a life not of selfishness, not of self interest, not of self promotion, not in becoming a millionaire. Now, if you become a millionaire because of the blessing of God, as you pour your heart out and your life out to care for another, that's a whole different picture. It's the Lord who gives us the ability to gain wealth. But if as you pour your heart out, the joy of the Lord will enter you. As you pour your heart out in love for others, the joy of the Lord will enter into you. if you do what I command. The command of Jesus is that you move into action, self-sacrificial action, that you pour out your heart and your life to rescue another from the desperate sin of this day. You're not asked to be the judge. You're not asked to criticize or accuse you're asked to sacrifice your life for another to win them to Jesus you are my friends if you do what I command I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business Instead, I've called you friends for everything that I learned from my father. I've made known to you. You did not choose me. I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit. Did you know that? Jesus chose you to go and bear fruit, to bear the fruit of the Holy Spirit and to bear the fruit of salvation for the lost and the dying. This gets very practical. How will you reach out? How will you do this? It's simply meeting the needs of the people as you meet them. Taking time to talk and share. Taking time to, to offer compassion. Taking time to offer mercy. You know, I, I say this very carefully I have often been loved more by the world by wicked men and women than I have by those so-called Christians so many times because I didn't hold the same theology I was cut off from the Christian fellowship blacklisted cut off That's not what we're called to. We're called to love each other. We're called to love each other. I want to end this broadcast the same way I started. Jesus loves you. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. But we're out of time for this broadcast, I'd like to just please pray with you. Lord, I've spoken about the deep things of your Spirit. I've spoken about what you desire to accomplish in the heart of every man and woman listening. Lord, would you give us a heart to respond to you? Would you clear away the confusion? Would you come and fill us now with your Spirit? I pray in your holy name. Amen. If these messages help you, if they inspire and lift your heart, then I'd like to hear from you. I pour out my heart for you, and I ask you, would you pour your heart back? You can write to me at National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346. Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. And if I have offended some of you, if the messages have offended you, please, I'm sorry. My heart is not to offend anyone, but to love you and to be very straight with you about what the gospel says. I recognize you don't hear these kinds of things from most broadcasts, but this is what I have to give you, what the Holy Spirit gives me in the prayer closet. So if I've offended you, please forgive me, but don't stay away. I'd love to hear from you. Pastor Ray Greenley, National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. You can also go to our webpage nationalprayerchapel.com nationalprayerchapel.com and I pray that today the presence of God has been with you as you've listened to this broadcast the presence of God has been heavy in this in this studio and I am crying out to Jesus for the baptism of Pentecost for myself and for you in Washington D.C. for revival to break out and I know revival is coming and I'm standing by faith for the breaking out of the Holy Spirit in this city I urge you to pray for our president I ask you to pray for our Congress and our Supreme Court and the church pray O oh brother, sister pray for me God bless you. I love you. I'll talk to you soon.
1: Before the presence of His glory With great joy With great joy Now unto Him who is able To keep you from falling And to present you blameless For the presence of His glory with great joy.